want to welcome you out to our Sunday evening service. For just a few moments, I want to address a very interesting subject. I think it will apply greatly on this Valentine's Day Sunday. This morning I spoke about the structure of the home and the family and the responsibility of the man and the woman. The responsibility of the children in pursuit of raising a family. And today I want to talk about parenting, especially in the last days. Riddled throughout the Word of God, we read about families that had a very difficult time, especially in the raising up of their children. We read about Eli as he failed greatly as his children actually sinned and violated the house of God. We read about David and the rebellion of his own son Absalom. We read of Cain who killed his brother. We read of the children of Corinth. And with very little study you will realize that the children of Corinth were some of the most obnoxious and violators of the home in the entire Word of God. So I believe that parenting in the last days has critical, critical purpose. The book of Proverbs in verse chapter 22 verses 1 through 6 is by no means a foreign scripture to the religious world and to the house of God. But in six verses it lays down some profound principles that I believe are absolutely critical if we are going to be effective parents in the last days. The Bible says a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor than silver and gold. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the forward. He that doeth keep his soul shall be far from them. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The next generation, our children, must become a central concern, especially in the hour in which we are living, living in, in the day of social media, in the day of the technological electronic revolution, where every child from a very early time in his life holds a very sophisticated computer that we call a phone. The unbelievable access to social media lays before the responsibilities of parenting even a more concerted concern that should be in the mind of every parent today. There is a few things that I want in life and a few things that I refuse to fail with. And I refuse to fail in raising up my children, which is the challenge of this text. 
to train up a child in the way that he should go, that when he is old, he will not depart from the faith. I can tell you that more can be said about you and I as parents through our children than, than can be said about the actual character of the parents. And I want to bring this revelation to us because it is an arena of our lives that cannot be ignored or taken lightly. Our children, our offspring, we are faced with many realities that must be considered, but good and godly children are not an accident, and they are forged within the four walls of our homes. And I want to consider this thought tonight. I want to talk to you firstly of the great challenge, the training up of our children. The challenge found in this text is to train up. This is to educate. This is to shape and to mold. And the definition of training up a child in the biblical definition will bring great understanding to the task at hand. It means to initiate or to teach or to disciple, to lead and to guide and to impart to him and to her in the way that they should go the instruction they should follow. The outcome of our children cannot be separated. Make no mistake about it. It cannot be separated by the path which we as parents set. This has to be deeply ingrained in the mind and the heart of the man and the woman because to train up a child in the way that they should go, children are going to do what you do, not what you say. Placing a tremendous responsibility on the part of the parents' training to set before them the example of what you want them to become. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5 and 7, it says, For if a man knows not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being filled with pride he falls in to the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into the reproach and the snare of the devil. The great challenge of parenting is found in this text, and that is the ability for a mom and a dad to rule the home well. The word rule in this passage of scripture is not speaking of one who is a dictator, one who passes out the rules, one who lays the foundation of authority. As long as you're under my roof, you're going to do what I say. That's not what it's speaking about. The word rule here 
actually describes someone who rules well, someone who rules fair, one who understands the reality of raising up children and the mistakes that they will make, one that stands up for something. We're talking about the rules of parenting. We're talking about the convictions of the man and the woman as parents, what they stand for in their walk with God, what they stand for in society, what they stand for in their household. It is speaking about the leaders of the home. It's talking about exampleship. For if a man and a woman are unable to rule their own house, this becomes the downfall of every part of this home. The first challenge of parenting is going to be summed up in this simple word. You have to be what you want your children to become. This term actually means one who practices what they preach. Through the years raising up my children, my son and my daughters, I have left before them a very clear path on how I wanted them to live for God, how I expected them to behave in society, the expectations I had for them in school and in the workplace. And that was not demonstrated merely by words, but in actual action as they watched their mom and dad maneuver their life in the direction that I expected them to go. Training in the home many times is a visual. Your children are going to hold valuable what you hold valuable, whether it is right or wrong, make no mistake about it. I can remember being early on a Denver Bronco fan. I know in the last since Super Bowl 50, when the old guy Peyton Manning, just much like the old guy Tom Brady, when wisdom overcame talent in youth, hallelujah, they were able to see Dad in action through exampleship. This is speaking very powerfully. That training comes from exampleship. Not a dictator, but one who rules the house well, leading them in the path that they should follow. But my point is, I was a Bronco fan, and it's very hard to be a Bronco fan. We've had five years of total disgust. But it was interesting to note that all of my children became Bronco fans as well. This is the point that I want to make. I drive a F-150 Toyota, and I've always loved Fords, Ford Thunderbirds, Ford Mustangs, Ford F-150s. I've always been that way. And it's interesting that all of my children, the impartation of that simple training, and all the more as your children watch you live out life, listen to me, exampleship, 
plays a major role in what our children will become. And if we are going to be effective parents, we are going to have to rule our own lives well. We're going to have to practice what we preach. The qualifying marks of this type of sermon is more than information or biblical truth. I bring to the table tonight a very established family. This is more than just teaching. You have been able to watch my life for the last three decades. You've watched me raise my family. You've watched me raise my children. You've watched my children grow up right in the midst of Chinle, Arizona and this congregation. Listen to me. The need for you and I to get a handle on parenting and the molding of their lives from the exampleship of the parents is absolutely a critical, critical subject of great concern as we move forward in the last days. The principles of parenting is what I want to talk to you about next. And the power of exampleship, as we see in our text, verse 1 speaks of a good name. This is a picture of a good home life. We should be careful to do that which may keep a good name for our children to admire and be proud of. It, sa it says in verse 1 that this is greater than even great riches. It is absolutely critical that we carry ourselves in normal lives. Something that our children can be proud of. Something our kids can look at and say, my dad, my mom have a good name from the, in the public, in the workplace, in the school system. I can remember one day going to a parent-teacher day. I did not like going to these things at our public schools. And one day I was so proud... I went in and we all know Jason was kind of a little bit of a misfit and uh, I go in to see the teacher and I mean to tell you they said we absolutely appreciate your children even Jason said we're going to be sad when we lose the last one in our public schools no doubt this is a reflection on the home. I can't paint this colorful enough to cause it to lodge into our minds. But a good name should be more valuable than even great estate. It speaks of good character. Exampleship of being honored and honorable. A life of control, a home in order. Showing authority and dominion. Having a good report. Caring what other people think about our lives. Where we get the word reputation. In this verse it also speaks of loving favor. Which means 
being good to people. Wasn't too long ago I was so proud of Camry. She took all kinds of cookies to school to share with her entire class. I can remember her and Chloe asking me for candy from a foreign country solely to bless her classmates and her teachers. They even got me in the classroom to preach a couple of simple sermons. I want to tell you something. Our parenting skills have to be something that is of a good name. It's not so much what we accumulate in stuff, but we have to be a life in order. Those of good report, loving favor, cheerful and good to people, loving and pleasant, full of grace is what it means to be well favored. Our personal salvation should be seen by all men. There should not be contention in the public arena, especially because of what we believe. There should be loving favor. They should be able to say about the kids that they work with, they come from a good home. Ecclesiastes 7 and 1 says, For a good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of, of and, and, the, and the, day, the day dealt then the day of one's birth. Here we find another profound picture of a good name. And listen to me, this is exactly the atmosphere and the principles of parenting. Our children must not be ashamed of their parents. They must be proud of their parents and be willing and able and wanting to parade their parents around. Verse 2 speaks in the principles of parenting. The rich and poor should meet together and the Lord is the maker of them all. This is speaking of governing principles in the home and the standards of life. This must never change regardless of financial wealth or privilege or the lack thereof. It says the governing principles are the standards of life and that which we believe and that which we live out in the home. What governs us must be the same regardless of our financial position. The things that we believe and the things that govern our life cannot be altered by the riches of this world, which basically means the standards for parenting cannot be based on what we have or we don't have. Our ability to teach and our ability to discipline cannot be skewed by what our children are not growing up with or by the privilege that our children have. I can tell you that raising my family in Chinle, Arizona, 
I had both sides of the spectrum. Many of you remember how I lived in the early days and the standard of my parenting did not change from the time that I was struggling and fighting for my life in an abandoned house that I had to put together myself living in the very difficult times of struggle in a beginning ministry in the house church and all the difficulties that accompanied that I can tell you that the standard of my life the teaching of the gospel the molding of my children did not waver was not compromised because of the early days of struggle the rich and the poor meet together and all the more so as the church increased and blessing increased and I was able to get a proper home. The standards of living did not change from one to the other. Listen to me. The government over our lives must be godly and we must never, ever, ever compromise this biblical truth. Though it should be the same for the rich and the poor. The tendency is that when we are struggling, we lower the standard of living because of the home conditions. And when we get rich, we lower the standards. We don't have to, expecting spe special privileges, rich or poor. We cannot live with excuses in this subject of raising and parenting our kids in the last days. One of the greatest curses of Parenting is to live different lives at home than we do anywhere else. Listen to me. This cannot be said. We must, the rich and the poor meet together and we must display a solid foundation of parenting regardless of the circumstances that we are living in. Principle number Three, a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. This is speaking of wisdom as a parent. As parents, we must display good judgment. A prudent man foresees evil. He understands the possibilities of evil coming and he protects his children from it. He protects his home and his offspring. He sees and he foresees everything that brings harm. He foresees worldly influences, worldly fashions, electronics, modern technology, music, friends, Facebook, internet, just to mention a few. And as uncomfortable as this is as a parent, a wise parent will protect them from them all. And it will require personal involvement. The challenge of parenting is never easy. But there is not a child under our care 
that isn't absolutely desperate and in overwhelming need of wisdom and good judgment flowing from their parent as we see evil coming and we are not afraid to bring correction to the children. Anything that brings them harm. I can tell you that I was extremely out of balance in my early days as a Christian. And one time I actually forbade Cabbage Patch dolls in my home. I felt that they somehow had an influencing spirit or maybe they had demon spirits. That was total error on my part. But something in my mind told me, you shouldn't let your kids play with that type of doll. And I refused to allow Cabbage Patch dolls into my household. I will say now, many years later, that probably was a bad call. But one thing that was not a bad call is a prudent man, a prudent parent, foresees evil and he hides himself. Anything that brings harm. A parent has to be concerned with all worldly influences. And to be a parent, you're going to have to learn to say, no, that's not happening. I can tell you it's hard to believe, but out of all of my children to this day, Lauren never got a whipping from her dad her entire life. And if you were to ask her why she grew up so proper, she would say, duh, I learned from all the other siblings as I had to personally be involved in the worldly influence of their life. I did not roll with a rod of iron. I allowed my children to do just about what they wanted to do, but I refused to give a blind eye when I foresaw evil. My children had to live for God like I did, whether they liked it or not, at least until the day that they went on their own. They had to follow all the format of the worldly influences in their life. I was personally involved with how they dressed. My girls and my son were not going to dress like this world. I'm sorry. You might have to balance that however you want. They did not dress in these strange, strange religious matching uniform type clothes. But I guarantee you, I was not going to allow my children. A prudent man foresees evil. And they were not going to wear clothes in this world that were going to show off their bodies or, or do anything in that vein that I don't want to get into. A prudent man sees this coming and he is willing to address it and to speak it. I had rules and regulations concerning electronics and the internet. Deeply concerned and involved in the music that they read. 
and the most unpopular subject is having to maneuver and many times telling them you're not having that person as your friend. A prudent man sees the evil and he hides himself. He protects them. The internet. No one had access to the internet via password. If you want to be sure to wreck your kids, give them an iPad to play with without any restraints. If you want to totally lose your children, give them a phone with no accountability, with, no with unlimited data. A prudent man foresees evil. But a simple man will let it go by. He passes it on, and later on in life they are punished. Describing the open-minded, those who will not deal with anything, those who will not discipline, listen to me. You and I must get a handle on the forming and the shaping of our children and it's going to require levels of discipline. You must train up a child in the way that they should go. That includes manners and proper, proper disposition and proper attitudes. And many times can only be shaped with the rod of correction and the paddle of understanding. And if you and I cannot control our children when they are three, what makes you think you're going to control them when they're 13? What I am speaking about today must be of the utmost concern and the utmost seriousness as we control the destiny and the future of our children, we cannot be simple in this subject. We should be more narrow-minded than open-minded. And the parent that won't deal with anything in their children's lives, I have horrible news for you today. You are probably going to lose your children to all kinds of worldly things. And you and I must consider what's being preached today. By humility and fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. This is simply a picture of human need. There came a time early on in my children's lives. Erica would probably remember it most vividly when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. The term humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life in totality. Humility is a personal need for God. There is not a greater gift that you can give your children than to give them the gift of your personal salvation 
to Jesus Christ. They must see your relationship with God very clearly and very vividly. This must be demonstrated and visible. You are talking uh, to an older man today. My children, whether they wanted to or not, saw me live for God when life was bad and when life was good. My children watched as their father and their mother went through their personal need for God through struggles and heartache and through blessing and the fear of the Lord here was demonstrated in obedience by humility and fear or by need and obedience to the Lord our riches and honor and wealth and life in its totality clearly seen in the difficult times I've seen my children watch me through thick and thin and they've seen the value of true riches the value of honor and life in its completeness the last thing we see in these instructions are thorns and snares on the way of the forward. And he that doeth keep his soul shall be far from them. This is speaking of a clear understanding and the parental responsibility to define in the children's minds and lives the dangers of sin the power of right and wrong, and why. Thorns and snares are things that harm and trap. Our children must be the, taught the principles of reaping and sowing, the way of righteousness that is safe and easy. And this is the responsibility in the instructions to the parents. The power of reaping and sowing all the years that I raised my children, I was quick to point out what was right and wrong and a clear explanation of why that is not a good idea, dis dispersing in their minds clarity, distinguishing good and evil, right and wrong, balancing it with why that is so important and giving them a clear picture that failure this subject will reap consequences that they will not like down the road. The principles of raising children, listen to me, is priceless tonight. I want to close with the final product and I close with this. The final product is obviously not when they're little but when they get old. The promise of our text is that when they get old, they will not depart with what you taught them. When they get old and we become older, that is the real challenge and the real test. We will see the establishing not only of the influence or the lack of influence that we had in their life, but when they get older, we will see the manifestation of what they saw or what they didn't see in their childhood years. I can tell you that 
The greatest gift I gave to my children was my personal love for their mother. My wife has always been the object of the greatest value and I love my daughters to no end. But don't mess with my wife. I used to tell my children, your mother is right even when she's wrong. Don't ask me to choose because I'm going to choose her hands down. There was a covering and a protection over my wife and the final product when they get older. You and I will be able to see what they become or do not become. And the real challenge and the real test, the greatest act of parental love is not to allow them to follow in the direction of the corrupt society they're a part of, but to give them knowledge of Jesus Christ and the second greatest gift that my wife and I gave to our children was a visible commitment to the house of God and an unswerving, uncompromising reality that before anything else in life, we are going to be a Christian, giving them a path to follow, the ability to process life during the good times and the bad times, that they could see us maneuver life and that when they would get old they would not depart from that I want to close with two short stories growing up and raising my children in the Navajo Nation to you might seem normal but to me it was a great accomplishment my son being a minority in his local high school he buddied up with two other minorities we're not of the commonwealth of the overarching culture of the Navajo Nation. So all the minorities seem to hang out with each other. Possibly to comfort themselves, who knows for sure. But one thing is for certain. There were three boys and one day they decided they were going to run away. And one boy tells my son, I'm running away. Because my mom and dad are a mess, they fight a lot, they're getting a divorce, and that's why I'm running away, I can't live with them anymore. And then the other boy says, I'm running away because there's drugs and alcohol in my home, it's a terrible place to live, everybody always fights, and for that reason, I'm running away. And then the second boy says, my mom and dad don't love each other anyway. And then it's Jason's turn to talk. And he said, you know what? There's no alcohol in my home. My dad really loves my mom. You know what? They're not getting a divorce. In fact, man, we have a good home. My dad takes us to church on Sundays and Wednesdays and you know what? I think I'm going to stay home. You guys run away by yourself. And the second story is after we lost Jason to a tragic accident. My girls wrote me this amazing book. And that book was so powerful. They leave beside, behind a story that says, most men leave great riches. But our dad may not leave us wealth, but he left us a path that if we follow,
It'll be a path that leads to God. Parenting in the last days is absolutely critical that we set before them what we want them to become, a path that they can follow, that when they get old, they will not depart. I am so proud of all of my daughters are now pastor's wives in the atmosphere that was developed in their home in Chinle, Arizona. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they get old, they shall not depart from what they were taught. God richly bless you with every head bowed and every eye closed all over this place, wherever you've assembled. On this wonderful Valentine's Day evening, you're not saved, you're not born again, you're not right with God. Pastor, I want to get right with God. Pray for me. I want you to repeat after me, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, come into my life, be my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, lead me and guide me in the way that I should go. I want to get right with you in Jesus' name. I want every parent to embrace what I taught tonight. Parenting in the last days. I know this is a lot of information to process, but you ought to consider this again. The molding and the shaping of our children, if we do nothing else but raise good, strong children in the way that they should go when they get old, we have accomplished something of a great, great achievement. My prayer for you and my goal for you and my love for you, my dedication to you, has always been to you and your children that when they get old together, we can mold and they can shape their lives. Embrace the teachings of this scripture and of this sermon and let's build strong, godly homes in the face of this crazy society we're living in. Why don't you find a place to pray? I hope you enjoyed both of these sermons. God richly bless you. We'll see you on Wednesday.